All right, guys, welcome to this episode of Pizza Plus Coffee Equals Code. Uh, we're here with Dave from Reclamation Games to talk about Reina and Jericho. Uh, do you mind opening up with a bit of a bit of a spiel about who you are and who Reclamation Games are and what Reina and Jericho yeah. is? Okay, yeah, so my name is Dave. I uh, started a company called Reclamation Games a few years back, two years ago. I quit my job to focus uh, 100% on doing game dev stuff. Uh, we're a super small indie. I'm the only dev. And then we have a bunch of people. We've got some really cool people, actually, we've been able to work with to help us make Reina and Jericho, which is a story-driven Metroidvania. Um, and some platformer elements in there as well. And, um, yeah, it's following the story of Reina. Um, I don't want to spoil anything about the plot. So, you know, and the thing is, she doesn't really know what's going on. Um, she uh, gets captured and is looking for a guy named Jericho. Maybe she wants to rescue him. Maybe she wants to kill him. You have to play the game to find out. Uh, when making a game like this, obviously without going too much into what the story is, but how much focus have you put on that story element? You know, indie games love to love to focus on their story. Yeah, uh, a lot is the... <laughs> there's the short answer. There's the TLDR. Um, yeah, I think very narratively... Um, you know, I'll hear my wife's the composer, uh, and she's super good at what she does. And so I'll hear her jamming something out and, um, you know, I'll sort of like start imagining like the story bits that would go with it. Um, and sometimes it goes the other way where I sort of give her like, okay, this is what's happening in the story. Write music to match that. It goes both ways, but, um, yeah, I always am imagining the story and everything. And so, um, I wanted to tell a story about, uh, suffering everyone's favorite subject. Uh, yeah, it sounds right this will be fun yeah it's relatable uh, yeah um i think it's it's enjoyable but um not so much the suffering but the the story about it because you know we examine like how it changes a person um and not necessarily in terms of the damage it does but like the the changes it forces in yourself you know a happy person um won't do much they won't change much about themselves or their circumstance a miserable person might um and so reina is in this situation she doesn't know what's going on she's not trained to deal with it she's not particularly qualified in any way she's completely out of her depth in every regard and the person she is at the beginning of the game is incapable of overcoming the obstacles in her path and so this is a game about okay there are parts of you you, you got to cut that off and forget about it you got to leave that behind you got to grow this new thing and you know, sometimes it's the allies teaching her, but by and large, she's learning these things from enemies who are attacking her weaknesses. They're going after her, and it's like, okay, this is what has to change if you want to succeed. And so it's this metamorphosis she's going through, um, you know, and we're inspired by stories like, you know, uh, Count of Monte Cristo, um, you know, that's the the fastest 117 chapter read you'll ever have, and uh Old Man in the Sea. That's actually a quick read. That one you can bang out in one air flight. Um, but uh, yeah, just this idea, you know, Old Man in the Sea is like, you know, this master of his craft um, uh, is given the ultimate challenge of his life. And it's just what's going through his head. You know, these times it's like, ah, maybe I should just give up. No, I can't. And it's like you know, these cycles of thought you go through and just the, you know, the, the weird things that happen in your mind as you go back in the cycle of hope and despair. And yeah, anyway, we're thinking about all sorts of stuff like that. And yeah, the story informed everything. Um, 
you know, in some games, your character dies. Like, Mario falls in a pit, and you start back at the beginning of the stage, and you just go like nothing happened. Um, we don't roll that way. Like, when Raina runs out of health, there is an in-game thing that happens and explains why she isn't dead. Like, and, and why, and she remembers what happened, and we explore, actually, how does that change things? Um, you know? story is connected to every single thing in the game and you mentioned a couple of uh story inspirations there uh did you have any inspirations for the for the gameplay and sort of those platforming aspects yeah um i would say so i sometimes tell people this you kind of don't want to describe your game in terms of other games but i'm gonna do it anyway um (laughs) so if you throw like like we just get celeste uh, Hollow Knight and uh, Transistor. We'll put them all in a sack, shake it up, and you know, get some pieces of Rain and Jericho falling out. Those are those are good games to to compare yourself to. So it's yeah, amazing. yeah, uh, big inspirations. Um, you know, if you like the story in Celeste, which for me is a big part of the appeal. You know, that that sort of was their story about anxiety. I would say this is about suffering. Um, Hollow Knight. Uh, I pick it just because it's kind of a recent um, Metroidvania. Um, uh, but also, it was actually really instrumental um, in me giving myself permission to like code it a certain way. Because like, I was making coding boss fights and stuff, and I was really overcomplicating it. But like, if you play Hollow Knight, you know, most of the bosses are just cycling randomly through four or five different moves and that's just their cycle and it's like oh i can just do that and it works incredibly well so like i mentioned Hollow Knight because that's the one that gave me permission to like put down like this massive over-engineered system and be like you know what it, it's it's not that hard it's uh yeah it's just a little nice easy way to do it yeah it's and and the result can be incredibly satisfying because the boss fights in that game are incredible so uh and when you look at these platforming aspects, uh, mm-hmm. players who like these kind of games are usually pretty picky about their movement. Uh, yeah. So I guess how much effort and refining and tuning has been put into making sure that that movement's smooth? And... Uh, lots, and I keep thinking I'm done, and I'm not. But I, I'm super picky about it too, right? Like, that's my background as well. Um, one thing that helped is uh, the Celeste team put the Celeste movement code uh, publicly available they just dumped it all um and so i looked through it um i didn't change much the interesting thing was so i sort of came at it from a Mega Man x point of view and if it, if you're someone who's played a Mega Man x games then like when you beat the inquisitor boss in the demo and get reina's dash ability like you will it will take you one second to feel the inspiration you'll be like oh this guy plays Mega Man x this is yeah Mega Man x but with a melee weapon instead of a long range one um but, you know, looking at the Celeste movement code, it's like, oh, they were playing the same games. We played the same games growing up and have the same ideas. Um, so it was like kind of affirming where it's like, okay, I'm pretty close. Like the way I'm handling things is pretty close. Um, they did give me one idea. One thing I, you could feel it, but I didn't know it when I played the game. But Celeste has um, incredibly high gravity and incredibly low terminal velocity, which is like, that's one thing I brought in where it's like, okay, I'm going to, I had the gravity higher, but we're going to pump it up even higher and then pull down the terminal. So it feels like, yeah, gets you into a nice sweet spot. So that was like one thing I learned from it. That was the thing, but, um, (laughs) yeah, it was, yeah, that, that sort of like made me feel like, okay, we're on the right track. And then 
yeah, just you keep doing layers and layers of improving it. As can I make this feel better? Can I make it feel punchier? On Monday, uh, we went through all the animations again with a guy who actually knows what he's doing for animations. A veteran video game animator uh, helped me go through everything and um, just was showing me like, yeah, you got to change this, you got to change this, make this punchier. Um, and that let us uh, smooth out the animations even more. Uh, and then that lets us adjust the timing to have that be even punchier. And so, yeah, we just keep doing layer and layer of like, can we make it better? Can we make it better? Can we make it better? Um, and lots of work spent making it so that you can flow from one move to another. Uh, and there's more work to be done on that, right? But it's like, you know, when Raina pulls herself up onto a ledge, it's like, okay, we added a speed burst. Like if you're pressing forward, she'll get a little, she'll sort of like kick off and launch herself forward so you get back up to speed faster. Okay, we, we weren't originally able to jump in that window. Now we're adding it so you can jump. Now we got to add it so you can roll. So it's like all these things so that all the actions can bleed into one another. Uh, and you guys have just recently put out a Steam demo, uh, got it in front of, uh, in front of the player base. Uh, so how's that experience been? Has it been, uh, rewarding or a bit of terrifying? Both. It, it, it's, it's all terrifying. Like people ask what it's like, and it's like, it's awful. It's agony. It's like, just, it, it's the, cl like, just, I think about, like, medieval times about, like, being strung up in town square for, like, the people to mock. It was like, that's what it feels like. <laughs> um, the response has been really good. You know, we've had a couple people uh, be rude, for lack of a better term, but most people are pretty cool, and if you respond to their feedback, uh, are pretty good. And we've responded to just about everything, because what hurts the most is, like, someone will criticize your game, and you agree with them. And it's just like, you just got used to it or whatever. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I should change that. Um, like, one person was like, Reyna's runs weird. And you go back and look at, like, and, like, you can see it in her older trailers where it has the old run cycle. You're like, oh, my goodness, she runs weird. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, call someone up for animation help. And, uh, yeah, just the run cycle a little bit. And now she doesn't run weird, but she used to. And, uh yeah. It's been really positive, though. Generally speaking, I'm I'm learning there's about, like, it's about a 1,000 to 1 ratio in real life, where it's like, for every bad thing, it's like, there's about 1,000 people who wishlist the game or whatever. So it's like, okay, it's pretty good. And the negative criticism we get is usually, um, it, sometimes it's through a lens of someone being, you know, maybe not super friendly online. But it's by and large still factually correct, which is just so so awful. <laughs> you're like, darn! I have to listen to everything this guy has to say. Uh, you're right, but I hate it. Yeah. Um, and, but and, and I mean, I'm trying to get better at letting go of that stuff too, because I I I uh, like I played hockey growing up, which is very much like the if if someone does something you don't like like you just punch him in the face right there and you're allowed to <laughs> uh, and so like i've got like this feisty side or it's like oh and i go after all these things and it's like i got to get better at just like letting it go cuz like even i was what was it uh if you've played Hades uh the song from the end of the game is incredible at the end of it and on youtube you know supergiant uploaded it to their channel and there's 145 people who dislike it and it's like you're wrong <laughs> it's just like you're just wrong <laughs> and it's like a, a 2000 to 1 like ratio or whatever but still it's like there's those 145 people don't know what they're talking about 
Yeah, it's like you don't have to really let every single person in the world's opinion like affect you that much. Um, and with the Steam demo that you've put out, I saw there was a, a recent update where you've added the the speedrun mode. Uh, is that yeah. something that you're going to be focusing on a lot uh, in the full game when it comes out? Yeah. So all along, um, we knew I, I watched speedruns. Um, I did it before it was cool, Grady. Um, <laughs> Back when it was like a weird finish site that only had tool assisted speedruns and was in university, I'd fooled my laundry with that on in the background. Um, yeah, so I've been a fan of them as long as they've been around um, and knew I wanted to support that. And I'm a fan of randomizers too, so we're going to have support for that down the road. Um, so, yeah, everything's designed from the beginning. We were thinking about speedrun mode uh, and just making the game good for speedrunning. Um, it's you feel it a little bit at the beginning, but in story mode, you know, it starts off with a few cutscenes and everything. Um, you could skip them, but that always bugs me. Like, when they're doing, like, an RPG speedrun or something, and they're, like, cutting through all the cutscenes or whatever, it's like, you're not really playing the same game anymore, right? Um, and so we wanted to accommodate that a little bit better. And so we cut out most of the cutscenes, but sort of, like, um, have some have some still remain and just smooth out the game and change it a little bit. Like in speedrun mode, Raiden just starts with the sword and getting it is kind of a big deal in the story because she starts unarmed. And if it's a story about you being captured, getting a weapon is a really big inflection point in your journey. Uh, whereas in speedrun mode, yeah, she just starts it. We don't have time for that cutscene. Um, so yeah, just a couple little accommodations to make it flow better. Um, we're put in there and, uh, yeah, uh, the design of the game, uh, supporting it in general. And it's late in the demo, so you only get a little taste of it, but it's early in the game that you get the, the dash ability. And again, as soon as you get that, you sort of, it, the, the movement of the game just explodes and it becomes incredibly fast paced and you're bouncing all over the place. And, you know, like in the demo, a major problem you have is Raina has a sword, the bad guys have guns. She has to move towards them. And you start with very few abilities to help with that. And then you get like an aerial dodge ability. Uh, and then finally you get the dash scarf where you can close that distance in a tenth of a second, cut them up and get out of there. And th yeah, that's when you really see the speed potential of the game. Uh, and reading through uh, all the materials and descriptions for this game, uh, it talks about a, a regret device. Uh, yeah. I'm just wondering, is this something you'd like, you know, in real life? uh being able to go back and uh change some things the, so the moral of the do you want i'm going to tell you how it ends great <laughs> no, um so yeah the regret device is the first artifact reina starts with it and it's the initial impulse for the story um the backstory is jericho sh jericho shows up on her doorstep they know each other i'll leave it at that and hands this thing to her and he's she runs off to get something to help him, and he's immediately like abducted, and she follows him, and that's how they both end up captured in this uh, compound, which is the setting for the game. Um, Reina has the regret device, doesn't know what it is, and through playing through the game, starts learning more and more about it. Like again, you hit the spikes in the game, you know, you watch you watch an enemy hit these, uh, or like I call them spikes all the time because that's what we do from a developer point of view. But it's like these death crystals, you know, the the platforming hazard. This enemy lands on it and just is incinerated in front of her eyes. And she tries making the same jump, fails, and disappears and reappears the moment before she took the jump. And she feels like the heat from where her body was about to touch them, but is safe. 
And so it's like, okay, that's the regret device kicking her in and taking her back. She's instinctively activating and moving it back to a moment she was in safety. Um, helpful there, but it also reverses time. So she sees the enemy fall in again, right? And so we start exploring how these reversals of time uh, can create weird situations and how they can be manipulated. So that's the regret device. Um, we really explore it quite a bit in terms of like puzzle solving within rooms and the whole game is kind of a cause and effect puzzle because she has to manipulate cause and effect to be able to uh, finish the game. And yeah, in real life, would I want it? Uh, the theme of the game is that if you use it too much, you live... Uh, the idea that the live life with no regrets is also kind of a life without consequence or learning. Um, because suffering is uh, a tool that shapes us, informs us, and gives us empathy, and uh, in many ways makes us better. As long as it doesn't, you know, hit you too hard. Like you, ha you have to be able to navigate the, the suffering that's brought onto you. Um, uh, and you know, the the villain originally had it in the game and got spoiled by it and lived uh, a life where he was never wrong because if he was wrong he'd rewind and make himself right and answer that question differently and it has is made of glass and like can't handle anything because yeah there's never been anything r regretful or remorseful in his life for a decade um so i would say it's useful for solving the problems it creates is sort of my takeaway on thinking about it for a long time but we're better off just having our lives of consequence. Uh, and then from a sort of development perspective, uh, you've been working on this for a while now and it's uh, it's coming up PC, Switch, PS5, Xbox. Um, mm -hmm. Was that sort and of we're daunting? we're going to get more consoles later, by the way. Yeah, was that daunting to, to sort of release it to just everything, basically, and just be like, here, everybody play it? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um... We knew we wanted to, like, I, I want people to play my games though, right? Um, so, and you know, you don't want it to be someone can't play their game because they don't have the console, which is also why we're coming to PS4 later. Um, yeah, some, boy, we revealed we were on PS5 in like peak micro or, or uh, transistor shortage and um, console shortage and everything. And uh, we got a lot of rage in the comments about how hard it was to get a PS5. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a PS5 either. I have a PS5 dev kit, and um, they're not necessarily harder to get. Sony's making those. Um, scalpers aren't buying out the, the dev kits, uh, I don't think. Anyway, um, yeah, that's what we could get, right? So, yep, uh, hitting all those consoles at the same time, though. It's not too bad. We're developing in the Unity engine, which helps a lot. Um, you do have to massage the game a little bit for each console. Uh, they each have their own quirks. You know, like an example is the Nintendo Switch controller. Um, I assume you're familiar with. Okay. If you have it, is it even one controller or two? It's a good question. It depends. It's right? kind of ambiguous because if you take it apart, now it's two. And oh, now we have to keep track of the way they orient it and whether or not they plug it in or unplug it. And it's like, that's not a problem you have to deal with on other consoles is like how many controllers are you holding is not an ambiguous question but on the switch it's like oh we got to think about this so every console has like little accommodations you have to make but um yeah the engine glosses over a bunch of the difficulties which is nice and uh, yeah the nice thing is we're not aiming for like this 
crazy uh high fidelity triple a experience like we have a stylized art style which is like if i had a, a ton more money we'd maybe add more detail to the environments and stuff well we would but um i'd still go stylized i like the aesthetic um i like the sort of comic book style character portrait art that leandro did so we have that figured out we're not chasing photorealism so we don't have to deal with the problem of like how do you get the witcher 3 running on the nintendo switch it's like we don't have to worry about that so in a way, our technical problems are relatively simple. Uh, and then lastly, uh, you might have heard me say it in the intro, uh, this the show, it's called Pizza Plus Coffee Equals Code. Uh, my my 9 to 5, I'm a software developer, uh, and there's been many a late nights where it's that pizza and that's coffee that keeps me going. Uh, when you're having a late night working on Reina and Jericho, what what is your fuel? What keeps you going? Ears. <laughs> No, um, uh, yeah, I guess regret comes into it, right? Like, um, I, it, it, it so yeah, there's a couple layers to the answer. Um, so when I quit my job to focus on development, I kind of realized I was, uh, waiting because I'd always wanted to do game dev and I always thought, yeah, it would be cool if, you know, uh, get together with a group of friends and like they do that and they do that and we'd all be a team and we'd finish this. That never happened in my life. All through university, all through comp sci, all through, I switched departments a lot. It never happened in any of them. Never happened at the beginning of my career as a programmer, never happened at all. And I kind of realized I'm waiting for something that will not happen. Um, and at the same time, uh, I learned about something called Don't Break the Chain, which is like just sort of a, a psychological tool to help yourself develop skills. So the idea is, let's say uh, you want to learn how to draw. So you get yourself a calendar and you get yourself a, a sketchbook and some pencils. And every day you open that sketchbook and you put a line down. That's all you have to do. Congratulations, you kept the chain going. If you want to put two lines or heck, even more than that, go for it. And if you want to draw for three hours, go for it. But you only have to do one line. And that's when you give yourself permission. You're like, I've done it today. So the idea is you start the thing every day. You don't have to do a ton, but you have to start it on the smallest possible level every day. Um, so I started doing that for learning game programming. And that, that sort of gave me the psychological tool because I tried a couple of times before and failed um, to do like the game dev thing because uh, it's a difficult journey. And uh, I kept quitting every time. And the epiphany I had is I was relying on motivation. And motivation is uh, basically useless. It's nice when you have it, but what you actually need is discipline where like you make yourself do this because that's the thing you are going to do. And there's no other reason. And you often don't feel like it. Um, motivation makes it fun to do and it makes it easy, but often motivation shows up after you start. And so learning that tool, and I, I got the chain going for over a thousand days. My first one was about 10 and then I did a thousand. Um, and then I threw it out because I'd quit my job full time. And I was like, I'm going to take weekends off sometimes. <laughs> um, so I was like, that, that's okay. I'm breaking the chain. Um, but yeah, that, that was the thing where it's like, okay, now um, I, I have this way of thinking about it for myself where I keep going just um, out of habit more than anything else. Um, yeah, and so on the late nights, I, I think about things like regret, where it's like, okay, I quit my job and I went after this because I was going to hate myself and have regrets. And again, like these sorts of ideas bled into the story, right? 
it wasn't intentional, but art ended up imitating life because, you know, when you're writing a story, you know, you can't help but write your your own experience into it. Um, yeah, I thought, I'm going to hate myself if I don't go for it. And so, yeah, late at night when you're going for it, it's like, I'm, I would hate myself if I quit. Um, and I would feel like I was letting myself down. And, you know, even, um, you know, this is a personal one, but like my father-in-law died during uh, development, um, formed uh, aggressive cancer and passed away. And he slaved away at a job he liked for the first few years, but didn't uh, wasn't super fulfilled by it for a big chunk of it. Uh, did that for 30 years, retired, and then died. And it's like, you, you can't, you know, that's, that's, that's such a bummer. And I think, like, I can't leave that example for my kids. I can't, I can't do that. I have to find a way. So it's like, you know, late at night, you just think, like, I, I just have to do this, um, you know? It's a, it's a definite way of thinking about it, I think. As you say, a lot mm -hmm. of people give it a shot. Uh, and try the game development route and not many make it to where you've made it um, mm -hmm. so and still might not make it yeah <laughs> i'm sure you will you got this. um but yeah Thanks. it's it's uh it's an interesting answer uh to have a more philosophical one than uh the general cans of monster energy drink or uh whatever else everybody else takes i've had bad experiences with energy drinks so <laughs> yeah Thank you so much for taking time uh, any day to chat to us uh, about Rainer and Jericho and your experience developing all of this. Yeah, thank you. I was having such a fun time chatting to Dave that I completely forgot to ask about the social medias, but luckily I know that you can go to reclamationgames.com if you want to learn more about Rainer and Jericho. You can search Rainer and Jericho on Steam, uh, or you can go to their Twitter, Reclamation Game. Uh, and if you go to their main website, which was at reclamationgames.com, you can also join their Discord if you want to get tighter into that community uh, of Rainer and Jericho. Sorry again for not asking the question, but there's the links for you. And now this is actually the end of the episode.